Hey everyone, I wanted to welcome you to Encounter Church. I'm Pastor Craig Rice. Thank you for joining us today. I hope this message inspires you, encourages you, and transforms you. Enjoy. Philippians chapter 1. Philippians chapter 1 verse 28 is where I'm going to take our attention to this morning. Uh, We're going to read out the New Living Translation. And it's going to be on the screen behind me. I just in, in all the conversations and all the phone calls and all the things that I've dealt with the last week, God had already given me something to work from. And so um, I just, I feel like it's very, very fitting. I feel it, like it's turnkey today. Uh, and I know that if you'll lean in, God's got something for you. I, I've never walked out of this room or this building uh, going, I wonder if God was there. I've met him, we've had moments, and I've, I've never walked out unchanged or unmoved. I've, I've always walked out knowing that God met us and a life was changed. And I know that your life can be changed in this room if you, if you accept that and receive that. Yes. Philippians chapter 1 and verse 28 says, Don't be intimidated in any way by your enemies. Come on. This will be a sign to them, to, to them. To, to your enemies. This will be a sign to them. This, this is going to be a sign to, to the oppressor. This is going to be a sign to, to those that, that are trying to overtake. This is going to be a sign to, to the captivity. This is going to be a sign. You're, you're tracking. This is going to be a sign to, to them. And he says it like this. He says that they are going to be destroyed, but that you are going to be saved even by God himself. You have been given not only the privilege, someone say privilege, privilege privilege of trusting in Christ, but this last one's a little tough to to swallow, but also the privilege of suffering for him. We are in this struggle together. You have seen my struggle in the past, and you know that I am still in the midst of it. I want to talk just for the few moments that I have today. I want to just talk on this subject. Help, I'm struggling. Help, I'm struggling. Father, I thank you for the moments that we've shared and your glorious presence that's in here and in this room. And I ask that you would absolutely do in us what you have designed and created to do in us. Today, God, we, we give you our lives, we give you our hearts, we give you our minds. So, Holy Spirit, we ask that you would fill the empty spaces, that you would come in and elevate us to, to new realms and open our understanding and open our ears. And, God, today, may we, may we see this a little different. May we see our struggle a little different. And may we walk out of here changed, challenged, and encouraged. In Jesus' name, someone shout amen. 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 Someone said, I believe it. I receive it. Do it, Jesus. Have you, ever, have you ever been to that point of pressure in your life that it feels like something or maybe everything is unraveling? Am I, just, am I talking to real individuals? Can I just talk today? I, I'll, get, I'll probably get a little fired up. I, I feel like Jonathan Edwards sometimes. I feel like, you know, he said this. He said, they said, why are you so passionate when you preach? And he said, well... He said, I choose to light myself on fire and everybody else just comes and watches me burn. <laughs> I feel that way many Sundays. 
but today I want to I just talk from my heart. I want to talk from what I believe the heart of God is for you, and I know that you're going to leave here so much better than you came in. And I, I just wonder if you're going through a struggle, if you feel like, like an internal struggle. I, it, it's not about how big the struggle compared to others is or how small it is. I, can I just get some honest people to say, I feel like I've been struggling now look around the room. You're not alone. Paul said it like this in Philippians. We struggle together. The biggest lie of the struggle is that you're struggling alone. But he said we struggle together. Paul, Paul's writing to, to the church in, in, in Philippians and he's, he's like, hey, I want to, rem, I want to remind you that there's going to be some days you're going to struggle he said, I, I remind you of the struggles of my past. But even right now, I'm in the middle of a struggle. I'm writing to you. He didn't know it at the time, but we now see it in hindsight. He was writing sacred text under inspiration of the Holy Spirit. This isn't some madman in a prison writing down a, 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 some kind of mantra or, or, or thesis that we would study later. This is holy text that he's writing, and the Holy Spirit felt fit that we would receive these sacred words that, to remind us that sometimes you're going to struggle, but you're going to struggle together. And sometimes you're going to be in the will of God and still struggling. Too many times I think that we've gotten to the idea and the concept that the moment I say yes to Jesus is the moment my struggles end. He said you're privileged to trust God, but you're also privileged to suffer. Did you notice the key today? He said this will be a sign to your enemies that they will be destroyed and you will be saved that you struggle together. We think that the struggle is to destroy us, when in reality the struggle is simply a sign that you have a greater power in your life and the same power to overcome is on you that was on Jesus. And if there was... No grave that could hold him. Then there is no grave that can hold you. Let this be a sign to the enemy that there is nothing that can destroy you. And so you feel like you're struggling and you feel like the struggle is taking you out of the will of God or maybe you're not in the will of God or you're not fulfilling the purpose of God. And Paul's like, I want to remind you that right now in the middle of the will of God, you're struggling and it's okay because we're struggling together. We're struggling together. So you're not alone. I want to just remind you, you're not alone this morning in the struggle. In the struggle. The, the, the small things that you have, the big things that you have. And, and I could talk on, a, on a, a various array of things this morning from health conditions to, to mental uh, situations and maybe family dynamics or, or maybe marriage problems or maybe kid issues. 
job relationships, uh, uh, financial pressures. Came out. I, I talk, I'm talking about a vast array of things this morning to remind you that you're struggling, but you're not struggling alone. You're struggling together. And it's a sign that when you struggle, you're still a winner and an overcomer. Because he that has begun a good work in you is faithful to complete it. Someone say, I got a good work in me. I got a good work in me. Number one this morning, we're going good. Number one is this. What is happening to you is not going to destroy you. It's going to develop you. I've noticed that we often resist some of the things that are causing us to change. Have you ever noticed that struggles oftentimes will cause you to change perspective? Change ideas, change philosophy. When I, before I became a parent, I could have written many parenting books. Shut your kid up in Walmart. Put a bottle in their mouth when we're on the plane. Um, discipline them regularly. Just to name off a few of my starting points of Parenting 101 through Craig Rice. I could have I written, written a marriage book before I got married. Love your spouse on hard days. God bless you. She's on call today. I love her. She's not even in the room. I'll hear about it later. You know, you know, treat her with kindness at every turn. Yeah, thanks, thanks, Paul. I, I, it's, I could have written, written the marriage book before I got married. I could have written about pastoring before I started pastoring. Then I got blessed to pastor you. And it's just, you know, I, I'm in fine form this morning. Coffee has hit just right, just right, just right. But I think a lot of us, before we go through the struggle, we can, we, we think we have all the answers. And then all of a sudden we go through it and we're like, I realize I don't really know anything. I don't, I don't know anything. I don't know anything about marriage. <laughs> I'm 15 years in, and I'm like, this is a thing? Like, I, there's, there's moments in, in raising Mariah, and I'm like, we have to deal with this problem right now? Like, I, I thought this would be easy. I, I, I didn't realize that, that pastoring would, would do this. I didn't realize that, 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 you know, when I said in sickness and in health, I would have more sickness. Then health, that, that when I said in, in, in poverty or in wealth, that wealth never came into the equation. I should have just said poverty and poverty and more poverty. And when you have kids, don't even think about wealth. Like poverty is just your call. And then I look at Harry and Angel and I'm like, God, please bless them. Bless them. But... The reality is, is, is Paul's like, hey, I'm in the middle of a struggle. And while I'm in the middle of the struggle, I'm going to write about it. I'm going to talk about it. I, 
Paul, Paul seemed to have all the answers before he encountered Jesus on the road to Damascus. He started persecuting Christians and, and saying, hey, this is the wrong way to do things. I'm, I'm going to take them out. This is not the way we were raised or trained. But, but, but Jesus knocked him off his high horse one day and blinded him for a little bit. All of a sudden, now in the middle of his struggle, he realized that some things have to change. I, what I used to know, I no longer know. What I used to do, I no longer can do. Because when I encounter Jesus, everything changes. And then Paul says things like, I'm in the middle of a struggle, but I'm going to write to you this letter because what you're going through is not meant to destroy you. It's meant to develop you. And hear me, parent, today. You may be struggling with your kids. You're not struggling alone. <laughs> but it's to develop you. Because there's moments that I'm like, I've never raised an 11-year-old before. There's been moments in marriage that I'm like, I've never had to deal with this before. There's been moments, Pastor, I've never had to deal with this before. But yet, what, has, what you're struggling with is not going to destroy you. It's actually going to develop you. And sometimes we often resist those things that are best for us. We use vernacular like this. It's too hard. We're in a culture and a world who just gives up so quickly. Throw in the towel because it's too hard. It's too hard. Let me, let me take you to 2 Corinthians chapter 12 today. Take you to 2 Corinthians chapter 12. Paul again says, even though I have received, I want you to notice the wording here today because we focus so much on the ending that we forget the beginning. And he says, even though I have received such wonderful revelations from God, so to keep me from becoming proud, I was given a thorn in my flesh. Anybody heard this scripture before? Yeah. A thorn. He says a thorn, not, not, a, not, a, not, a, not a brick, not a spear, not a sword. A thorn, a, a small thing. You ever been gardening and you got pricked by a rose? I usually just break it and we go on. I just... But he said, it's a, it's a small thing. I, I was given a thorn in my flesh, a messenger from Satan to torment me and keep me from becoming proud. Because he's learning, he's learning something here. He's learning that what, was, what I'm struggling with isn't going to destroy me. It's actually going to develop me. It's going to develop me. He says, three different times I begged the Lord to take it away. Each time he said, my grace is all you need. And we could shout about that. We're going to keep going. My power works best in weakness. So now, someone say now. now. This is on the other side of some things. He's in the middle of the struggle, but now he's got a perspective change. His, his thoughts are changing. The, the war inside his mind is suddenly changing. And he's like, and so now I'm glad to boast about my weakness. Because there were seasons that I could not. There were seasons I couldn't, I didn't understand my struggle. There were seasons I didn't understand the problems. There, but, but, but now I'm glad to boast about my weakness. So that the power of Christ can work through me. Because what you're struggling with isn't going to destroy you. It's just 
developing you, and that's why I take pleasure in my weakness and in the insults and the hardships and the persecutions and the troubles that I suffer for Christ. For when I'm weak, then I'm strong. Because he realizes that the struggle is not to destroy. Philippians, this is a sign to your enemies that when you're weak, you're actually strong. And it's tempting. It's tempting folks to do nothing and complain about everything. I've noticed, I said this in our team night the other night, I've noticed that the biggest complainers are the ones who do the least amount. Is that, all right? Is that okay to be honest today? I, it, it, the, the biggest complainers are the ones that don't do anything. But that option as Jesus followers has been removed from us. We don't have the option of complaint or doing nothing. Because he said, all your complaints, you take it to God in prayer. That struggle, that issue, he says, it's, it's not for you just to sit back and complain about the thorn. Why don't you take the thorn and become something from the thorn? What is the thorn teaching you? What is the struggle teaching you? What is the moment teaching you? And that is a hard lesson, folks. And Paul's like, I'm in the middle of it. But I'm reminding you that this is a sign to the oppressor, to the thorn, that I will still win even while I'm in the middle of my struggle today. James, thank, thank God for James. James was so bold. Like James 1 says this, Dear brothers and sisters, when trouble of any kind come your way, consider it an opportunity for great joy. Yeah, I, just, I don't like that. <laughs> for you know that when your faith is tested, your endurance has a chance to grow. So let it grow. Somebody say, let it grow. For when your endurance is fully developed, right? It's not going to destroy you. It's going to develop you. When it's fully developed, you will be perfect. What? What? <laughs> and complete and needing nothing. Do I have anybody that needs to be complete? Do I have anybody, ha do I have anybody that's less than perfect? I have anybody that just need, need, those needs need to be met. You've got a need that you're like, I really wish God, and you're sitting here. He says, let it grow. Let the endurance grow. When you see trouble, when you see struggle, count it as an opportunity for great joy and development. It's not going to destroy you. It's developing you. It's developing you. It's developing you. You've got to find joy in hard places, and I have to look at it as just simply a joyous disturbance. Simply a joyous disturbance. And we get, we get, we get hit hard with opposition, and I'm not, I'm not downplaying that. I just preached two messages about going to war. I understand this. I understand the opposition. But the resistance doesn't mean you're on the wrong path. I would actually like to counter that and say it's probably because you're on the right path. I've just, I've just been sent to remind you and encourage you and comfort you today. Is that all right? Like that's, that's my goal. That's what I feel the heart of the Father wants for our church today, just to empower you, 
in the struggle. I don't know what anger you're dealing with. I don't know what bitterness you're going through. I don't know what past has happened to you. I don't know what internal struggle that you are just constantly overwhelmed with and you are doing things that you know you shouldn't do or having things happen that you shouldn't have happened and you're sitting there with this thorn that's constantly poking you and irritating you and God's like my grace is sufficient and there's opportunities for great joy let it grow because when you let it grow and endurance lasts then you'll be perfect complete and needing nothing and I'm just reminding you today that what you're struggling with is not going to destroy you it's going to develop you into something greater in the kingdom of God you've been praying God to use you and God's like I've been using this to use you because Paul thorn actually caused me to realize that it was God working through me. Working through me. Through me. Just because you're hitting the resistance doesn't mean you're on the wrong path. I want to remind child of God today, in-house, online, just because you're dealing with resistance doesn't mean you're in the wrong place. Because when we allow God to work in our struggle, it starts this God-guided process that anchors us to the joy of God's great glory. It anchors us there. It settles us there. Number two is this. We need to learn to refuse to sell out to false security. So I encourage you. Now I'm going to challenge you. This is the moment that you're like, uh-oh. And then I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to encourage you some more and comfort you. But this is a real problem that, we, that we're seeing. In fact, it was Benjamin Franklin who said this, they who can give up essential liberty to obtain a little temporal, temporary safety deserve neither liberty nor safety. When you live boldly for Jesus, you will face opposition. I'm not going to butter things up. I'm not going to water things down today. Is that all right? I, I'm... I'm so done with that. Uh, I want to be, be bold for Jesus. I, I want to be bold in the world we're living in. And we're not going to get there with, with weak, watered-down followers of Jesus. We're going to get there by being bold. Daniel was bold. He was thrown into a lion's den, but he came out victorious on the other side. Let this be a sign. Noah went into an ark with insults, but yet he rose out on the other side. Joseph was betrayed and went into a pit, but yet he ran Pharaoh's house. Jesus was crucified, but he rose again three days later. Disciples were martyred for the name of Jesus, yet we maintain their sacred text. And in 2021, we still preach this glorious gospel like it's our own, because it is. Because bold people emboldened a church, empowered people to preach this with boldness. The gospel was never meant to be limp-wristed or watered down. It was meant to be secure and unshakable. It was a force to be reckoned with from the very beginning. Can we just thank him for the gospel this morning? Can we thank him for his word today? But I came across something recently that really, really rattled my cage. And I want to go to Genesis chapter 47. Genesis 47, and I want Joseph, to, Joseph is in Pharaoh's house, and his brothers are 
kind of traveling back and forth trying to get food. There's a big famine. God gave Pharaoh a dream, and Pharaoh told Joseph the dream, and Joseph interpreted it. And it's like, hey, there's going to be some bad years of famine, and we, what we need to do is we need to start storing up because in these seven years of famine that are coming, we're going to have seven years of, of, of harvest, but we need to store up. We don't need to use it all now. We need to put it away because when the seven years of famine come, then, then we're going to have reserves. We're going to have leftovers, and Pharaoh's like, you're brilliant. He's like, no, I got it from God. Like, this is... This is God's idea, and God's letting me know, and so we just need to go ahead and prepare for this, because this is what's going to happen. So this happens, right? Because God fulfills his word, right? This is, but God can even give bad men dreams. I don't have time to preach that. All right. Why do I do that to myself? Um, and so here we are. Famine has hit, and there's generations, and there's people that did not prepare for this famine, and now they're caught. Now they're caught. And this is what it says. Meanwhile, the famine became so severe that all the food was used up and people were starving. They were struggling. This was a trouble. This was an issue. This was a big deal. And they were starving throughout the lands of Egypt and Canaan. You know, the land that God's getting ready to promise to the children of Israel. Canaan, verse 14. By selling grain to the people, Joseph eventually collected all the money in Egypt and Canaan. And he put the money in Pharaoh's treasury. When the people of Egypt and Canaan ran out of money, all the Egyptians came to Joseph. Our money is gone. Somebody say, help. They cried, but please give us food or we will die before your, your very eyes. Joseph replied, since your money is gone, bring me your livestock. I will give you food in exchange for your livestock. We got, this, we got this barter. We got this deal happening. So they brought their livestock to Joseph in exchange for food, in exchange for their horses, flocks of sheep and goats, herds of cattle and donkeys. There that word is again. Joseph provided them with food for another year. But that year ended. Because sometimes seasons come to an end. Sometimes seasons come to an end. And the next year they came again and said, we cannot hide the truth from you, my Lord. Our money is gone. All of our livestock and cattle are yours. We have nothing left to give but our bodies and our land. Why should we die before your very eyes? Buy us and our land in exchange for food. We offer our land and ourselves as slaves for Pharaoh. Just give us grain so that we may live and not die, and so the land does not become empty and desolate. Rattle my cage. That sometimes in the middle of the struggle, we want to sell out for temporary relief. Pharaoh did not have to come in and raid their camps, their houses, their villages, or their lands they got to the place that the struggle was so intense that they said, buy us. We're your slaves. They literally gave themselves up to be a slave in Pharaoh's house. It's, it's this concept that I want to warn you about today that even though you feel like you're struggling, don't sell yourself to Pharaoh. Don't sell your body, don't sell your land, don't sell it 
to Pharaoh. Don't put down permanent roots in places you were never meant to stay. And God is reminding you this morning, don't sell out because the struggle is too intense right now. Your bodies are still the temple of the Holy Spirit. It's not your body, it's His body. You don't have an opportunity to sell that. You don't have the opportunity, but too many times we become slave to our anger, slave to our depression, slave to our worry, slave to our fear, slave to our frustration, slave to our struggle because we're like, I just need temporary relief and we turn to other things and God's like, if you'll just cast all your cares on me, I already care for you. I'll take it away from you. You don't need to be a slave to Pharaoh when you're my son and you're my daughter and you're my blood and you're my flesh. You don't have to be a slave to Pharaoh when you're mine. I don't know about you, but the Bible tells us that he owns the cattle on a thousand hills, that he is the author and finisher of our faith, that he is our great provider in Jehovah Jireh, and he is our, our healing, and he is our health, and he is our strength. Is that the God that we are worshiping in this room today? We don't have to sell out to Pharaoh. We can stand for Jesus even when we're struggling. Because you let the trial strengthen your faith and draw you closer to Jesus. It was the disciples. Jesus is like at the, at the end of the rope, and he's like, are you serious? Everybody's walking away. I just, you know, I, I say a few things, and people turn on me. And he looks at his disciples, and he goes, are you going to go as well? Thank God for Peter. Because Peter looks at Jesus, and he says this, where else are we going to go? Who else do we have to turn to? You're it. Church, I want to ask the same question today define this this morning who else do you have to go to where else do you have to turn but to Jesus in moments of struggle don't turn to anything else but Jesus and he will take care of it is that all right today you got to refuse to sell out for a false sense of security because God will do whatever it takes to set you free I challenge you today, what are you slave to this morning? What are the constant thorns that you are slave to? What is the worry? What is the fear? What is the, the depression? What is the anger? What is the past that you are so slave to? And God is like, I'm going to set you free today. And so I declare over this congregation this morning and now anointing of freedom to sweep through this place that the chains that you are bound with will fall to the floor, that the war that you're fighting in your mind will be won, and the struggle that you are, are facing right now will develop the character within you to succeed. May it be a sign to the enemy that you are still an overcomer. Because God will do whatever it takes to set you free. Romans 8 and 3 says it like this. Says it like this. God went for the jugular. Mm. Thank you, Eugene Peterson. When he sent his own son, he didn't deal with the problem as something remote and unimportant. In his son Jesus, he personally took on the human condition and entered the disordered mess of struggling humanity. In order to set it right once and for all, the law code, weakened as it always was by fractured human nature, 
could never have done that. The law always ended up being used as a band-aid on sin instead of a deep healing of it. And he's like, I'm going for the jugular. And he showed us he went for the jugular on the cross. And that cross settled it once and for all. There is no enemy that will enslave you unless you present your body to it. Pharaoh has no place in your heart, your mind, or your home. There are battle lines that are drawn, and God said, you're mine. And the enemy knows he cannot cross that. The only way he has access and you become a slave is if you sell your soul to that. You sell your thoughts to that. You sell your concepts to that. You buy into the lie of false security. The only way is when you give your body instead of allowing God to rule your body. He says, I went for the, he went for the jugular. Galatians 5 and 1 says it like this. So Christ has truly set us free. Now make sure that you stay free. It's now your responsibility. He set you free. Now it's on us to stay free. And don't get tied up again in slavery to the law. Don't sell out to Pharaoh when you've got the fear in the house. You've got the liberator. You've got the one who can set any captive free and heal any disease and restore any broken thing. Can we just give him some praise for it this morning? You don't have to be a slave. You don't have to be a slave. You don't have to be bound up. You don't have to be tied up. God has called you to something so much greater than being caught up in the fear, the worry, the animosity, the frustration. God has called you to something so much greater. Don't become a slave to those ideas. Don't allow the thorn to push you out of God's house. Number three is this. We need to learn to trust God when things feel out of control. It's simple. It's so simple today. And I wrote it down, and I'm like, that's too simple, God. And he's like, that's, that's, that's what it is. Because sometimes we try to overcomplicate things that are very simple. Trust God. Job said it like this, though he slay me, yet will I trust him. Though I struggle, though I face adversity, though I face opposition, though I'm struggling with the health problem, or I'm struggling with the marriage issue, or I'm struggling with, our, with the job problem, or I'm struggling with my kids, or I'm struggling with my past, or I'm, or I'm struggling, help, help, I'm struggling. And it's like, if you'll just trust me, even though everything else may slay you, yet will I trust him because my trust in him is a privilege. Paul said it in the beginning, it's a privilege for you to trust in Christ just as much as it is a privilege for you in the suffering for Christ. It's a privilege to trust. And when I trust in God, when things are out of control, it's Mark chapter 6 today. Mark chapter 6, it shows us something beautiful. Late that night, someone say late at night. Doesn't it seem like things just get chaotic at night? It's the night seasons. It's the night times. The disciples were in their boat. Sometimes we can get in our boat. Sometimes we can get in our boat. We can get in our boat. And we're in our boat. And it says this, in the middle of the lake. They're in the middle of something. They're stuck in this struggle. And Jesus was alone on the land. I feel like that a lot of times. Verse 48. We're getting there. He saw that they were in serious trouble, rowing hard and struggling against the wind and waves. About three o'clock in the morning, Jesus came toward them, walking on the water. He intended to go past them. Uh, thanks, Jesus. Like, I, 
But when, he, when they saw him walking on the water, they cried out in terror, thinking he was a ghost. They were all terrified when they saw him, but Jesus spoke to them at once. Don't be afraid, he said. Take courage. I am here. And I want to remind you this morning to take courage, to take heart, to take, put your trust in Jesus again. He is literally shouting to you right now in the middle of the storm, in the middle of the thorn, in the middle of the struggle. You're yelling out, help, help help. I feel like I'm drowning. I feel like I'm sinking. I feel like things are out of control. Help me. Anybody in the house today? Help me. And Jesus has just simply wanted to remind you this morning for you to take courage because he is here. He hasn't left you. He hasn't left us. He hasn't turned his back. And he's just literally letting you know, I am here. And finally, I'm closing on this today. Number four, you're blessed when you struggle. Simple. Sometimes the pesky problems turn into persistent blessings. Have you ever had a pesky problem? It's just pesky. I don't know about you. I have fly- anybody have flies? You're dealing with flies. I don't know if it's because we really had a hot summer or what, but I am done. I tr- they're a messenger from Satan to torment me. Let's use the Bible today. I was trying to take a nap the other day. In fact, it was I think last Sunday. I had preached my heart out. And I was done. I was just wiped. And I laid down on the couch, and there's this one fly. One. Mm. What? Uh, dude, we've got 2,200 square feet in this house. Go somewhere else. I got a dog. Bother him. My 11-year-old's probably chilling out, watching something. Go bother her. Please. One fly. Pesky. And sometimes I think that we deal with pesky struggles, pesky problems. It just seems to keep coming up. It just keeps happening repeatedly over and over and over. Am I talking to anybody real in the house? It just seems to be pesky. Yet I've realized that pesky problems turn into persistent blessings. Watch this. Matthew chapter 5. This is the message translation. Jesus is teaching the Beatitudes and he says this. You're blessed. Someone say, I'm blessed. blessed. When you're at the end of your rope. What? What? Oh, I thought thought if I was on top of the mountain. I thought when good things were happening, that means I'm blessed. I I thought that when when I was healthy and whole, that's when I was blessed. I thought that when I had everything worked out, that's when I was blessed. I thought that when when I had had it together, that's when I was blessed. Uh, 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 Uh-uh. You're blessed when you're at the end of your rope. With less of you, there is more of God and his rule. You're blessed when you feel you've lost what is most dear to you. Only then can you be embraced by the one most dear to you. You're blessed when you're content with just who you are. No more or less. 
that's the moment you find yourselves proud owners of everything that can't be bought. You're no longer a slave. You're blessed when you've worked up a good appetite for God. He's food and drink in the best meal you've ever eaten. You're blessed when you care. And at the moment of being careful, you find yourself cared for. You're blessed when you get your inside world, your mind and heart put right. Then, then, now, then, now, I, then, on the other side, through the, I'm going through the struggle now, but, but then I can realize that you can see God in the outside world. You're blessed when you can show people how to cooperate instead of compete or fight. That's when you discover who you really are and your place in God's family. You're blessed when your commitment to God provokes persecution and the persecution drives you even deeper into God's kingdom. Not only that, count yourselves blessed every time people put you down, throw you out, or speak lies about you to discredit me. What it means is that the truth is too close for comfort and they are uncomfortable. May this be a sign to your enemy that when you struggle, you win. That when you're weak, you're strong. That when you feel at the end of your rope, you're really blessed because you're blessed even when you struggle because pesky problems can become persistent blessings. Nowhere did Jesus say, blessed are you when you have everything in order. Blessed are you when the world around you is going perfectly. Blessed are you when you're healthy and whole. Blessed are you when your marriage is together. Blessed are you. Blessed are you. He doesn't say it that way. He says, blessed are you when you're at the end of the rope. Blessed are you when you're in the middle of your struggle. Blessed are you when you're sick and you need help. Blessed are you when you mourn for you'll be comforted. Blessed are you when you're in the struggle because God is right here in the middle. You are blessed when you struggle. I don't know who it's for. We just stand all over this room today, but the Holy Spirit has sent me today with such, such, a, such a pull and a burden on my heart to just remind you. The struggle is not to destroy, it's to develop. To encourage you not to sell out to a false security. To trust in God when things seem out of control and to comfort you with reminding you that the blessing is in the struggle. The struggle. And I know because of the little pull I took at the beginning of service today that this is not a room empty of struggles, but in fact it is full of struggles thorns, big issues, big deals, small things, pesky flies, 
It's in this room. And I wonder today if you would just simply declare that you are blessed when you come and when you go. You're blessed in the field. You're blessed at home. You're blessed when you fight and you're blessed when you're at peace. You're blessed regardless of what's surrounding you. You're blessed even in your struggle. And sometimes you just need to hold the sign up to the adversary, to the enemy, to the thought of worry, to the past. You need to hold the sign up and say, today on my life, I am declaring again that I am blessed and nothing and no one can steal the blessing of God over my life today. I'm blessed. Would you lift those hands in this room? Holy Spirit is moving today. Come on, all over this room. Would you just hold that sign up in your heart? And would you just declare over your life today, I'm blessed. Declare over your fear, I'm blessed. Declare over that worry, I'm blessed. I'm blessed. I'm blessed. When I feel at the end of my rope, I'm blessed. When I feel in the struggle, I'm blessed. Today, I declare, I'm blessed. I'm blessed. I'm blessed. I'm blessed. I'm blessed. For those that are in this room today that this is your this is your defining moment. You're on that crossroads right now. And you're you're struggling with your faith and maybe you're struggling with some things that have happened to your past and you don't understand why. You've gone through things nobody should go through. You're battling battles and no one should have battled, but you're here, you're strong, and God's created you with a greater purpose. And today, you've been battling that fight. You feel like maybe maybe you just can't get any traction and, and, and you try to do things, but you, you really don't wanna really do those, but today you just keep finding yourself in pesky problems. I've been sent to remind you that God wants to put a blessing on your life. And it happens when we believe in Him and we say yes to Him. And this morning, I wanna give you that opportunity. You're here. You're at a crossroads and you're saying, you're saying, I want to I wanna decide today to follow Jesus. On the count of three, I'm just going to have you slip that hand up and put it right back down. That's all I'm asking you to do. Slip it up, put it right back down. Maybe you've been far from him and you've wondered if he'll ever welcome you home today. The father's waiting on the porch saying, come home. I'm waiting for you. Come home. Come home. Come home. You're like, I gave my life as a kid. Come home. You've turned away. Come home. Come home to him. Today, you can be blessed when you're at the end of your rope. You can be blessed when you mourn. You can be blessed when you're in, in, in a struggle. Today, you can be blessed. One, you've never been as loved as you are right now. The love of the Father is in abundance in this room today. Two, he's declaring that his grace is sufficient for you in this moment. You don't have to earn it. You don't have to deserve it. Don't have to try to work for it. Today, grace is empowered by a free gift of the offering of Jesus Christ, and it's here for you. Three, if that's you, would you lift your hand and say, I want to say yes to Jesus. One, we got one, we got two, we got three in this house today. Is there anybody else online this morning? Four in this house today. Four's here this morning. Online, give me a hand. Father, we thank you for every life that just said yes, that's coming back home to you.
that saying even in the pesky problems, they can have persistent blessings. Today I declare the blessing of God over their life. Strength. I pray encouragement. I pray courage because you're right here with them in the middle of the struggle. And we celebrate what you're doing and give you thanks. And we declare, I'm blessed. Blessed. I'm blessed. I'm blessed. I'm blessed. Thank you so much for joining us today. I want to encourage you to take the message you just heard and allow Jesus to transform your soul. We pray that you have an amazing week. Thanks again for being a part of the Encounter Church family. God bless you.